Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who are your enemies? That's the context of today's gospel reading. The words of Jesus, love your enemies. He repeats it because he knows we're not going to want to hear it. Love your enemies. It's challenging enough to love, truly love, your family and friends. For what we love most of all is ourselves, our own desires, our own comforts, our own egos. And we subject those closest to us, to our own neuroses and petty tyrannies. Love your enemies? Hardly. We despise them. You might dress up your dislike with a slow shake of your head, sorrowful look, but behind it is condemnation, self-justified by self-righteousness. Love your enemies? You don't. You love yourself. So when Jesus says hypocrite, he's talking to you. Who are you? Last Sunday's gospel told you who you are. A lost sheep, a lost coin, rescued by Christ. If you're the lost sheep brought home, how can you judge your neighbor, another lost sheep, no different from you? The words of Jesus tell us to look at our enemy and then look in the mirror and see something worse. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own? That enemy of yours you love to hate, her sin is a speck. Yours, a log. The image is preposterous. We've all had a speck in our eye. It's painful, it's annoying, but it's minor. A plank in your eye is something out of a Far Side cartoon. It means you're blind. That's who you are, blind, not seeing your own sin. The only sinner you need to be concerned about is yourself. Now, there is an exception, and that's where God has made you judge. Then you must judge. If you are in an office of authority, like parents or police, then exercise that authority with justice. If God has not given you the authority and command to judge, then forget about what others do. Joseph said to his brothers in the first reading, am I in the place of God? Do not be afraid. How could Joseph refuse to forgive his repentant brothers? And that is what Jesus speaks of today, a refusal to forgive, thus making ourselves God. The Eighth Commandment shows us what the godly life looks like, defending others, speaking well of them, explaining everything in the kindest way. What then is our Lord's counsel? Look at yourself in the mirror of the law. Concentrate upon your own sins. Then you won't notice the speck in your neighbor's eye. Now it's true, people hurt us. At some point, it starts to feel like we're being taken advantage of. How long do I have to put up with this? I should just leave. Leave the relationship, leave the family, leave the church. I'm done being hurt. That concern is what prompts St. Peter to ask Jesus, how often do we have to do this? 
Should I forgive up to seven times? And the reference is to the rabbinic counsel to forgive seven times in a day. Jesus says no, up to 70 times seven. And the point is not, you can count up to 490, and then when you get to 491, ah, that's it, person's done. It's another preposterous image, like a beam sticking out of someone's eye. It's impossible to count that high in a day, and it's impossible to run out of times that you should forgive. You keep on forgiving. There's no counting. And although he had every right to judge them, Jesus himself submitted to unjust judgment. He prayed for them, those who were persecuting him, and for us when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Joseph also prefigures our Lord when he comforts his brothers. Think of it. These are the brothers who cast him into the pit, tore his clothes, sold him into slavery, declared him dead to their father. And after the death of Jacob, their father, these same brothers come fearful that Joseph will now take revenge. Wouldn't he have the right? But Holy Scripture tells us he comforted them. He spoke kindly to them. And that's what a disciple of Jesus does. How can we sing what we just did, make atonement for our sins, O Lord, and not see our brother or sister covered by the same atonement? The words, be merciful, are not the means of our salvation, but the result thereof. Knowing mercy in Jesus makes the disciple of Jesus merciful. Or, as St. John puts it, we love because he first loved us. God's mercy is the ground of our faith. Our mercy is the fruit of faith. God's mercy is the ground of our faith. Our mercy is the fruit of faith. Article 6 of the Augsburg Confession, that's the principal or uh, chief head first of the Lutheran Confessions. Article 6 teaches us, it is also taught among us that such faith, justifying faith, should produce good fruits and good works. That we must do all such good works as God has commanded, but we should do them for God's sake and not place our trust in them. So those good works can all be summed up by the two words of Jesus, be merciful. So that's the life of faith. Is it hard? Certainly. To beat back your anger and resentment, to squelch your pride and not judge, may be one of the crosses you have to bear as our Lord molds you into the Christian he wants you to be. Dr. Luther once said, when a Christian suffers injustice at the hands of his neighbor, he should say, I see a splinter in his eye, but if I look into the mirror, I see in my own eyes planks large enough to build several hog troughs. All our sinful judging and the judgment we deserve, it's been laid on Jesus, who was judged for our offenses. Approach the altar of judgment and hear the verdict of Jesus, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That is now God's judgment on you. And it's the judgment the disciple goes forth to give to his neighbors. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
keep and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. We stand to confess the creed. <laughs>